CJ, we've got the unexplained update for November Ooh. 2021. Here we go. Let's go, Larry. So much to unexplain. Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life, so I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. Uh, I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Hello, hello, all our unexplained ones out there. It's me, CJ Derringer. And me, <laughs> and Dr. Mounts. him, Dr. Mounts. We're missing Smitty. We miss you, Smitty. Not too much, Certainly though. miss all the things. A little bit, a little bit. You know, he's fun and quirky and looks up at the ceiling and we get to see his chin, so we miss his chin, mostly. Oh, yeah. And editing... <laughs> The uh, beard noises off of his microphone. So fun. It's like the highlight of my week. So I'm really going to miss that this week. (laughs) What what will you do with all your free time? (laughs) Good question. Maybe I'll go for a run or something. Oh, it's a good week for that. I guess we've got the unexplained update for November 2021. We we survived Thanksgiving. We are here. We did. Barely. Oh, I, I need to get that into turkey some on the screen. shape after Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, that it's you could save us. <laughs> you could save that for New Year's. Goodbye, unexplained turkey. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, lots of fun, exciting things going on. We had so much fun with our last unexplained update. We just had to do it again because That's right. no matter what, things just keep happening in our world. It's never going to be explained, that's for sure. There's so much out there. I feel like I'm just getting the tip of the iceberg for November 2021 as we move into the Christmas holidays, and we got our unexplained Christmas show coming up. And then for New Year's, we're going to try to do some uh, greatest hits, all things unexplained greatest hits for New Year's to celebrate, you know, and remember just all that we've done since we first got this thing you know, kicked off, so. Yeah. I mean, our Christmas special is so unexplained, even I don't know what it is. You were messaging earlier about a special guest. I'm like, (laughs) I don't know. What are we talking about? Who's our special guest? We do have a special guest. Returning for an encore appearance, friend of the show, Sean Austin from the Sean Austin Band. Oh, my gosh. He was so talented. He's amazing. And you know what? He's releasing a free... Christmas album December 17th the day before our show and so he's actually going to perform some of it live on the show a special Christmas treat and he's going to take part in our unexplained skits and whatever our unexplained Christmas traditions whatever we might get into all right looking forward to it now I know now the show is explained to me 
great. So should I start off with what I think is the story of the week or the month, as it were? I would love that. Okay, so this is headline, Pentagon creates yet another new UFO study group. Oh, gosh. That's right. The UAPs (laughs) just keep coming. I know, right? But listen to this, CJ. So in a follow-up to the headline, Making Assessment of Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, we now know and love them as UAPs, that was issued this past summer of 2021, the Pentagon has now formed a new group that will continue their investigation of UFOs appearing in restricted American airspace. This super intriguing development happened last week by way of a Department of Defense press release where they announced the creation of, and I'm not sure how I feel about this name, but I do feel, just going a slight monologue here, that man, I feel like we're just not paying attention to the right news. I think I saw Madonna in the news last week. I mean, come on. And more about COVID, of course. Um, Omicron is on the way. I told CJ, I'm convinced that that was an evil planet-sized Decepticon (laughs) in Transformers (laughs) when I was a kid. And now, what better way, though, to scare people of my generation than to name a new variant of COVID after one of your greatest nightmares. The, <laughs> the most powerful Decepticon. Anyway, the, the Pentagon has formed... <laughs> let's see what you think about this name. The Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. A-O-I-M-S-G. I am not making that up. And how typically government is that name? I mean, at what point do we just accept that they are trying to pull one over on us? They're constantly coming out, oh, yes, yes, we're looking into it. Here's this new special group. Here's this new document that we're going to release. We're going to actually not give you any information whatsoever, but we're going to keep you thinking that we're on your side, that we're trying to help you. But really, we're just trying to give it a fancy name and put the blindfold on you and hope you'll just go away quietly. Right. And... So here's what they say. The AOIMSG will do. They will synchronize efforts. I know, right? AO. I feel like I'm on Wheel of Fortune here. I'll take I'll take an A, an O. L-N-E. They will synchronize efforts across the department and the broader U.S. government to detect and identify and attribute objects of interest in special use airspace, also known as SUA, and to assess and mitigate any associated threats to safety of flight and national security. Raise your hand if you believe they're going to synchronize efforts across these various government agencies. No, the only effort they are synchronizing is keeping us in the dark. Oh, absolutely. So, CJ, I was speaking to the All Things Unexplained military consultant, Mr. J, this week. We had a lot of great conversation, and Bob Lazar came up, you know. And Bob, Bob Lazar had so many revelations, and, and 
one of the things, and you know, people have come out that legitimately weren't there, that, that it's proven. They've said, well, when I saw what Bob Lazar said, how he described riding the bus to these secret facilities, how he described the operation and the procedures, they all rang true. They, they're so true. And that mm-hmm. I have co-workers that, that knew Bob Lazar, worked there with him. But he said, you know, he only knew a tiny part of what was happening there. Mm-hmm. And each little department or segmented population of workers knew their own little piece, right? Yep. Like, this is how these things work. They all just get their own little section, their own little piece, and they're not to be told about the other. They're no, all it, on a need-to-know basis. Absolutely. I mean, it dehumanizes it. This is how people are able to do their job, right? They, I just make this one piece of the puzzle. That, that piece then turns into a giant bomb that goes and you know kills people in other countries, but I just make the little piece. I don't know what other people are doing, and then eventually it all gets added together, but that's totally what's happening in that instance as well. We want you to work on this and figure out what it is. You won't know what anybody else is doing, so you have no idea what the great big picture is here. Oh, for sure. And, you know, some people are going to think this is, or see this as a really great thing, a really great advancement in UFOlogy. You know, the government stepping forward, you know, being open about this, being transparent. But to me, it reminds me, you know, you and I have both been in education for a long time, CJ. It reminds me of the typical bureaucracy of a government-controlled entity, and public schools being one of them, right? What better way to bury people's heads in the sands than with the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group synchronizing efforts across the broader U.S. government (laughs) to detect, identify, and attribute objects of interest in special use airspace and to assess and mitigate any associated threats to safety of flight and national security. Well, hell, you just buried all the news about this, all the legitimacy. Right. It just gets lost in the paperwork, lost in the shuffle, right? You know, just like the teacher. Yeah. Johnny's acting up over there. Teachers can't just, you know, call them out, take care of the problem. They, they're they just going to let it go because they know they got mountains of paperwork. Yeah, the paperwork. Just and to so get, many layers uh, of bureaucracy to go through, right? <laughs> I, in one of my, my first week of teaching, I had a student pick up a chair and throw it at me from across the room and narrowly miss another child. And I picked up the phone and called the principal and said, I need this child out of my room right now. And she said to me, why are you calling me with this? Oh, absolutely. You know, like, uh, um, just there's a process that you need to, there's forms that you need to submit. There's other people that you need to go to first. I'm like, wait, when I was a kid, if you got in trouble, you went to the principal. Oh yeah. I, I'll never forget one of the sternest <laughs> teaching or talkings to I got at the beginning of my teaching career and the principal pulled me aside. He was pissed. And he said, Tim, number one, never go above my head with anything. Number two, never go straight to me with anything. <laughs> Leave me alone. You, I'm here to do nothing. <laughs> yes, you start with the 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 what the discipline coordinator, and they'll pass it on mm-hmm. to the building assistant principal and they'll pass it on to the building principal and they'll pass it on to the vice principal 
and if they feel necessary, they'll pass it on to me. Otherwise, I don't want to hear about it, okay? <laughs> Just stay in your lane in the junior high building. <laughs> oh, goodness. But well, to me, that's the news of the month. You and I get our news from very different places. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> because my news takes a little turn here. That was my headline. Let, let's, no pun intended, but let's let's take a uh, stealthy turn to uh, in the news turn. here. Yes, too. we won't even know how CJ's we got done. here. That's how stealth this turn is. So mine has to do with a woman in Breckenridge, Colorado. This is a very recent story who left her garage door open by accident and had somebody come and visit her freezer. Any guess who or what raided her freezer in Breckenridge, Colorado? I think I can take a guess. Either a wolf or a bear. It was a bear. So... There's a video of it. This bear came into her garage. He was in there for over an hour and a half, opened her freezer, allegedly, and raided through over $600 worth of frozen meat. And I don't understand this at all. A large amount of frozen hot chocolate. I'm going to say that again. Frozen Hmm. hot chocolate. Can you explain frozen hot chocolate to me? Wow. What? How do you how do you have frozen hot chocolate? I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like MRIs that, that the government uses and you just, you know, you add a drop of water and it turns into hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's first for the Colorado apocalypse. Yes. So first time reading this story and I'm like, okay, this is cute and funny and clever. I know this bear goes into somebody's garage. And, ha, 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 ha. Then I start thinking about it. And there's security footage of it. And where where do you think the camera was located? The ring camera front door. A, a ring camera would be at a front door, right? Yes. But the refrigerator was not out front of the front door. The refrigerator was in the garage. And there was a camera on top of the refrigerator. Now, oh. I don't know about you or anybody else, but I don't keep a camera on top of my refrigerator in my garage, do you? No, but I so am familiar then, with this syndrome. But what are you thinking, CJ? I'm thinking that this was all set up. That she put the camera there. She left the garage door open on purpose. She wanted to get footage of this bear in her garage. Maybe the bear had been like, you know, sniffing around before. Maybe she even left the freezer open a little bit. Because the footage does not show the bear actually opening the refrigerator. It just shows the bear up on its hind legs. He's pawing through stuff. He takes bites something out of the refrigerator, takes it out, and then he's down, and you just kind of hear him scuffling about. And then biggest day on the video is ring.com. Whoa. I'm going, hmm. This made national news. It says ring.com on there. I don't think most people keep their ring cameras on top of their refrigerator in the garage. Is this just like a cheeky way of advertising? Like, look at all of the fun you could be having if you had a ring camera, but you don't. So now you need to get one so you can catch bears in your freezer. Or she could have been gunning for a Yeti. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> also, the name of that town sounds familiar. And I know next to nothing about Colorado, but is that where Keystone Light is made, I think? 
break it um i'm not sure about keystone lake but it is a big um like snow skiing town oh okay so there are very, a couple like, other syndromes very, very cj which you may not be familiar with that would also explain the camera on the refrigerator okay tell me film me in so number one and i've heard about this i obviously have not experienced this but i've heard about spouses and one of them have, has a little issue with hitting the bottle, you know? So what do they do? Yeah, that's right. And, and that's and the garage fridge is commonly known as the beer fridge, okay? Yes. Okay. So spouse A puts camera up there, keep tabs on spouse B going, you know, mm. going back there and hitting the bottle. Or they got teenagers, you know, they, it's, they go skiing all the time. Don't want okay. senior right. Susie having a party. Camera on the fridge, on the beer fridge. Okay. Okay. So the other thing is similar to that. A lot of these, uh, a lot of folks like to hide snacks in their garage fridge. And somebody's keeping tabs on them. Okay. I see you in there sneaking the ho-hos out of the garage <laughs> fridge. <laughs> Here I was so skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> so similar to the lock. Tabs on their cold brews. <laughs> yeah, so it's similar to the. That's and I, I've heard about people putting chains and padlocks on their refrigerators before. So I think it's the same yeah. theory as that. I mean, goodness, I want to. My children are in my fridge and in my pantry all the time. It makes me absolutely insane. It's like, get out. Get yeah. out. I think that nowadays yeah. you can actually put like a thumbprint on there where you have to, has to like scan your thumbprint. <laughs> like you, you have to use the chip that's in your brain to unlock them. Or a pupil, but they might be so genetically uh, close to you that it just opens for them anyway. True. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, so you can, worth a watch. A, it's a cute little bear. I mean, it's a big bear, but it's kind of fun to see it. Yeah, I had to check that out. That's a great story and scary too. Yeah. You know, I I I think that camping or living where things can literally hunt you when you step outside, it can be deadly, right? So it's <laughs> something to think about. Yeah. But I'm going to go sure. back here to my my news sources, back to the UFOs. I feel like I've got three stories here that, that really just tie together. So this is headline, Argentina, CJ, a UFO has abducted a woman and returned her 40 miles away. Hmm. So a lot, of, a lot of bizarre stories seem to come out of Argentina. This is definitely in that category. A missing woman was found 40 miles from where she had last been seen and told authorities that her puzzling disappearance was precipitated by the sighting of a mysterious white light that some suspect could have been a UFO. Now, according to a local media report, the very curious case began on Monday morning when the unnamed woman at the center of the odd account was reporting missing. So she literally was reporting missing. After a lengthy hmm. search, they zeroed in where they happened to find this, the disoriented woman the next day and she had quite the story to tell. And so, in wow. her mind, she went, yeah, got abducted wow. by a UFO. So, you she know what? She was found so, 40 miles away. 
Yeah, it's so interesting about this is that I just read another story yesterday. Oh, I know what you're going to say. That's right. Near us, right? Yes. That's my next story. I knew they definitely seem related, right? I can't believe you're going there. Absolutely. I can't believe you're going there because... Because you can't believe I actually read the news. Well, I can't believe you would at that, and I can't (laughs) believe you just go to new UFOs. So I have to say that the the local news on this story is incredible. Like it, it is amazing. And but you do have to cast a doubtful glance at things that come out of Argentina and Mexico, right? Like maybe, maybe not. But but (laughs) well, just because there's a lot of no, there's wacky stuff that comes out of there. There's just wacky stuff you just don't know what if how dependable it is, right? But I'm glad you brought it up, CJ. So headline, Morrisville, North Carolina, if you don't mind me just getting right into it. I yeah, think you segued for me. A man who went missing after a crash. This is right down the road from CJ and myself. This man has returned home weeks later, says he was in the woods the whole time. I'm not going to lie. As soon as I saw this story, I thought UFO. <laughs> yeah, and what's so crazy about it, even the authorities are just so, they're so shocked because, number one, the crash of his car was really bad, and he did not sustain any injuries that would that you would have received from something like that. And then they were saying that the temperatures dropped well below freezing several nights, that he wouldn't yes. just survive in the woods for weeks at a time, that he had no injuries. Where was he? Where was he? Where were you? Tell us. Yes, you know, the police actually said that the wreck was so bad that they find it miraculous that anyone actually survived, and yet this dude has no visible signs of injury or trauma. And actually where my mind first went was... The infamous case of the logger, his name is escaping me now. They made a movie out of it, not Ring of Fire, but uh, something like that. No, Fire in the Sky. And, you know, his his story made national news. It's still talked about today. The loggers had a UFO encounter, and one of them was abducted, and he literally was missing. And I'm not sure how many days or weeks later, but all of a sudden out of nowhere... He appears again at a payphone, naked, I think, and calls his family or someone to come pick him up. But he was gone. He was dropped off the face of the earth. Wow. Yeah. But it does make you wonder, right? Yeah. I mean, where where did he go? <laughs> Such... Let me tell you, if I, if I disappeared for three weeks in the woods, I would not come back looking Fine. Now, they did say in the story that he was, like, shaken and unsure and sort of mentally un- unstable at, at that moment and frightened. So, right. yeah, I am going UFO. I'm going to go UFO on this one. I think so. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? You and I have actually experienced similar situations to this, but only for a very brief amount of time. You and I have actually lost a friend. In the woods. Okay. 
But it was only for one night. It was only for one night. And we don't know how he turned back up at home. We don't know. No, we do not. But it was not for weeks. <laughs> it was not. Not for weeks. No. But they could have just been done with him in, a, in an overnight situation, right? I mean, that that is so highly we've, likely. We've had enough. Let's we've get had you enough home. of you. Let's get you home sure. back where you came from. <laughs> now you're going to go find some cows now. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. Well, yeah. I think I well, should tell you know. about something uh, strange that happened on this day. This is November 30th, CJ. Yeah. Today... November 30th in 1954, Ann Hodges, if if long-time listener George is listening, he's from Alabama, he may know this place, of Sylacauga, Alabama, Sylacauga, Sylacauga, was injured when an eight-and-a-half-pound meteorite crashed through the roof of her rented house, bounced off a console radio, and struck her left hip and hand, she Ooh. later became embroiled in a court battle with her landlord over ownership of the rock, which was eventually donated to university after being used as a doorstop. So this day in 1954. Oh my goodness. That's an epic story. And hey, so quite the night. Oh. No kidding. And then the legal battle over who owns the rocks. I'm sorry. If I got hit by the rock, I own it. That's mine. My hand touched it first. It's mine. <laughs> Can you imagine the grandkids playing with the meteorite doorstop? <laughs> <laughs> Hands off my meteorite! How many times I gotta tell you kids? <laughs> that thing, oh, that thing, my hip that's still awesome. hurts from that thing. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's a good story. All right, I'm gonna go back to my you know soft, simple stories here. So I found this one today, and um, this took place in Boise, Idaho, in a public library. An overdue book was returned to the library after 110 years. <laughs> what? 110 years overdue. Yep. Yes. So, yeah, I, I don't know. They uh, Somebody checked the book out. Back on November 8th, 1911, from Boise Carnegie Library. And sadly, the whereabouts of the book for the past hundred years remain a mystery because whoever returned it did so anonymously. They just dropped that sucker right there in the old book drop. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's straight off a Seinfeld episode. Did you ever see the one where the library cop comes after Jerry? <laughs> no, but what is funny is that they said that the book's overdue fees would amount to $800. Oh, my. At the, at the two cents per day rate that they had back in 1911. But the sweet librarian said that the original cost would be $1.50 and they would never charge anybody more than the amount of the original cost of the book. So technically, they don't owe $1.50. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, Seinfeld is pretty funny because this really serious librarian comes to Jerry's house, you know. And if I remember correctly, sometime back in the day, his friend George <laughs> said uh, he checked out Tropic of Cancer from the library. Oh. <laughs> and 
So the library cop comes to George's house. He's really giving him a stern talking to, you know, like, it's people like you that, that flaunt the rules that, you know, make the world <laughs> such a terrible place. Like, Jerry's like, look, look, I'll just be glad to pay for the book. What do I owe you? And the library cop is like, 35 cents. Pay up. Friend of the show, George Winter says, I know Silicoga, Silicoga. It is not too far from Birmingham. Well, I certainly know Birmingham, and I could definitely see some meteorites come down there. Plus, there's a power plant out that way nowadays. Connection. Oh. Mm. Mm. I feel like, you know, if that meteorite happens today, then the, let me scroll up, the A-O-I-M-S-G will be all over it. (laughs) Power plant. Yes. But man, is the, I want yeah. to know oh, where this, can't I want to know where this so. book has been. <laughs> you guys know your side now. Yeah. So George, oh. George Costanza he's, has these flashbacks to high school when he had Tropic of Cancer. and His last name's Costanza, but he has this one PE coach. He always calls him Costanza. <laughs> Costanza. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I feel like that this story is the making of a new movie. Like, we've got to follow the book from when it was checked out from November 8th, 1911 until it was returned on November 26th of 2021. Who all has seen it? Who all has had their hands on it? Where has that book been? What was the book? Do you know? Um, I I think that I misspelled some things when I was typing my notes here. I wrote Need Chronicles of Rebecca by Kate Wigan, but it must have been New Chronicles of Rebecca. I'm not sure. Something Chronicles of Rebecca by Kate Wigan. Well, we'll have to check that out. So I think I'm going to actually stick to the UFOs here. I may as well. And I mentioned Mexico a while ago, CJ. And sure enough, there's video online right now. I'll try to post it on our Facebook and Twitter. This comes out of Mexico City. A lot of UFO reports coming out of Mexico City. And there's a volcano there. The Popocatepetl. Probably pretty close to that. <laughs> it's a site that's reportedly a hot spot for unusual activity. And this week, a video has been released online taken at the site. It appears to have captured a strange object leaving the area in the sky. And it's making some locals wonder if the volcano actually acts as a base for alien craft. And there have been sightings Hmm. here before now i have to admit i watched the video not super impressed by there to me there there does seem to be a lot of unexplained light phenomenon around volcanoes and thunderstorms and that sort of thing you know and mountainous areas and i still think there's natural explanations for a lot of these wow interesting still yeah. makes you want to travel there doesn't it see it maybe the other thing is it's like <laughs> okay for some reason they're filming the volcano and then all of a sudden this light just kind of appears out of nowhere above the volcano mm-hmm. 
And, you know, Venus has been so amazing in our skies. So incredible. Lately, oh right? my gosh. Yeah. It it totally could have been Venus appearing yeah. out from behind some clouds, right? It looked kind of hazy. Clouds part. Boom, there's Venus, you know. Hmm. But maybe they're just really not very tech savvy, like they're sciencey, but they're not tech savvy and it was just their spotlight. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what is that light? It keeps moving wherever we're shining. Oh yeah, that could it could be. <laughs> well, unfortunately, it was not. I mean, it definitely did not look like a craft rising up out of a volcanic mm. alien base. That is unfortunate. But it still yeah. has the locals kind of <laughs> spooked. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. But it could have been on the way to Argentina. Who knows? Possibly. Here, there's lots of good things happening there. To be continued. You've been listening to All Things Unexplained. If you liked this podcast, please do give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. If you would like to hear more All Things Unexplained, be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to support our show, please do visit buymeacoffee.com backslash unexplained. A special thanks to our producer, director, sound mixer, editor, and the man that wears far too many hats, no, seriously, he has a lot of hats, Dr. Tim Mounts. Without you, we couldn't keep the lights on. Thanks for listening to All Things Unexplained.